You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On Cardinals, part of your Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Bo Brock, Alex Clancy, come with you on a huge Friday, just huge day for the podcast. We've got an episode where Josh Weinfuss from ESPN.com is going to join us. He's going to break down, I guess, the quiet start to the Arizona Cardinals offseason, how the organization is taking their former coach, Bruce Arians, and the huge contingent of former organization members taking home the Lombardi Trophy, partying on boats in St. Petersburg in the in the Atlantic Ocean there. I, uh, I, I'm interested to hear what, what Josh has to say and if there is anything, any rumblings coming out of the Cardinals organization. Of course, this episode's brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, one word, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Get yourself, oh man, the Coconut Chocolate Brownie. I had one this morning. Built Bar. You're what? Yeah, I had one this morning. You had one. I'm saving my last one, and then I'm going to order myself another box because it is the truth. It's the absolute just dominating force of the Mm -hmm. protein bars. It's a candy bar. It tastes like a candy bar. It's absurd. Um, Give us a follow on Twitter, at LockedOnAZCards, at Bob Rack to follow me, at B-O-B-R-A-C-K, Bo Brock, and at Clancy's Corner to follow Alex. He combed his hair today because we are, of course, live again on StreamYard. You can find us on our Twitter accounts. Uh, we'd appreciate it, and you can uh, you can chime in during the show. We're doing this about. Do you, use, to, do you use a blow dryer in the morning? I don't, but I I went I went heavy product today. I did. <laughs> I'm I'm not afraid to admit it. It was I was you like use LA looks. I was, no, I uh, I was like wow. I looked in the mirror. I was like wow. I I think I overdid this one today. <laughs> it is uh, uh, this thing. I could get in out outside in a windstorm. I could get in a, a Phoenix monsoon, and this thing's not moving. Uh, yeah. We have a. Uh, there are a couple interesting veterans that hit the open market. I want to get into this conversation before we talk to Josh Weinfuss. Uh, I mean, the big news, and you can check it out on our uh, Locked On NFL pods. I retweeted it. Our guy uh, Cody Davis from Locked On Texans is breaking down the news this morning that J.J. Watt and the uh, Texans organization have decided to part ways. Watt was a guy that you liked during the season, Alex, for the Arizona Cardinals to add potentially before the trade deadline. Is he someone you like as a a fit for the Cardinals this offseason? I mean, he's a fit for everybody, right? I mean, it it depends on the the price, but you don't think – you don't look at him and say, you know what, he's going to go get a payday. He's going to go, you know, to Tennessee and get paid. Like, it's – there's a couple. Yeah, I love him for it. I mean, obviously he's he would be another veteran in the locker room. He's a calming presence. He's a beast. Though so he's 31 years old, he's missed three out of the last five seasons pretty much with injury. Yeah. But listen, if he wants to go win, anybody would be lucky to have JJ Watt wearing 99 for you know for their team. I I just I can't help but think that. And I we talked about this before we started. I mean, anybody that has followed the NFL at all, Green Bay would be the obvious fit. Right, I mean, he'd go back home in Wisconsin. Him and Aaron Rodgers would be star-studded on either side of the ball. I would love to see him go to Pittsburgh to be the three-headed monster, the three ninjas with him and his and Derek and TJ. I mean, that would be – it's just – they're close. We see on the commercials, the subway commercials, et cetera. But, I mean, I, obviously, I think it'd be great. You get him for one year, $7 million. They gave Terrell Suggs that much, and Terrell Suggs was 37 years old. Okay, J.J. Watt, I think, still has some juice left. And uh, if you send him to a good team, 
you'll be able to see it. The problem the Cardinals have is that they don't have any sentimental value to J.J. Watt, right? Like the yeah. two the two right. places you mentioned, he could go do something that we very rare. I don't think we've ever seen three brothers on on the same team, right? Is it, has that ever happened? I mean, we've seen a, a no. duo of brothers, but three guys on one team. Pittsburgh, they're obviously they're they're in it to win it. Big Ben has to restructure, and then Green Bay was in the uh, conference championship game, and then of course his ties to Wisconsin. I mean. It would be an enormous upset. Uh, it would be, you know, it would be UMBC over Virginia if somehow the Arizona Cardinals were able to kind of find a, a deal that made sense for J.J. Watt at this point in his career. As you mentioned, 31. His production, just five sacks last year. He would have to be a role, role player, and he would have to be at like a veteran minimum salary, right? I mean, yeah. and for that to happen, that would be the ultimate Hail Mary and, you know, I just don't think it's going to happen. But you're right. You don't turn your nose up on it. He's absolutely a locker room guy. He brings more than Suggs did, even in that capacity. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you if in a, in a part-time role, he'd be fantastic. But I just don't think the Cardinals are going to be on his radar. But if in this dream scenario, yeah, I don't think you turn your, your nose up on him. I, I think J.J. Yeah. Watt is, would be fine. Uh, but he is also like a 2011 – Range Rover, right? It's a very good-looking car, but it's probably been in a couple accidents, and it's a money pit. You know, it, yeah. it could potentially be a money pit, but in the right fit, yeah, you say, okay, yeah, of course, open arms, come on over. But and I it's, just, it's, it's interesting now that what we went through with Jadavion Clowney last offseason where, you know, he wanted a multi-year deal, Seattle wanted to retain him, and he wanted, you know, he wanted a boatload of money, and then he ended up not getting it, going to Tennessee and pretty much flaming out. That's going to be – if J.J. Watt does want to get another payday, that will deter teams. I mean, they're not the same player. J.J. Watt at his peak, obviously, is a Hall of Famer. I don't know if he's going to be a Hall of Famer because he only did it for a few years. I mean, I would assume he will be Javion Clowney, not so much being the former number one overall pick. But you're going to look at it. It's probably going to be a one-year deal unless he goes to Green Bay where they're like, listen, we want you to finish your career here. We'll give you two years and 25 mil with 18 guaranteed, something like that. Something that's you know would give him a little bit of cheese and no pun intended, but it wouldn't break the bank for Green Bay. Something like that I could definitely see happening, but it will most likely be a one-year, eight to ten million dollar deal. Is that fair to say? I don't even know if it goes that high. I'm thinking about think to. I think that Chris Long, he's in the same situation that Chris Long was in a couple sure. of years ago, where he went from New England to Philly, and didn't he win back-to-back Super Bowls playing for those two teams? And he played that part-time role. He didn't make a whole lot of money. Some of the money that he even made, he donated. Like, I see this being a very similar situation as Chris Long, even though J.J. Watt, I mean, his Q rating is way higher than even Chris Long. I mean, J.J. Watt continues to be, despite him, as you mentioned, the three of the last five years, really not being in the thick of the NFL regular season because of injuries, he still, you know, moves the the needle a little bit more because of his just his brand. But yeah, he's a he's a rubber stamp Hall of Famer, no doubt. He's already got a hundred sacks. He also has he already he he signed and went through the extent basically of a hundred million dollar contract. I mean, this is a guy that's wealthy, uh, generational wealth. I think he's going to be able to take if he needs to, and I think he might have to, especially with the teams that we've thrown out, Pittsburgh and Green Bay. He's going to have to take a, a pretty small salary relative to what he's made in his NFL career. But there are a couple other guys. Um. You you mentioned this one. I just don't. He's not on my radar. I think that the ship has sailed on him being a good fit for the Cardinals and Terrell Williams, who's 
who's done with the Vegas Raiders, right? And I, I, I don't know. Make your case because I'm just not on board with even bringing in Terrell Williams. I see him as kind of like a who was the guy that they brought in a couple years ago, Greg Little, a guy mm-hmm. that's too far removed from being a factor as far as the NFL is concerned. I, that's yeah, that's my view. About Bryce Butler that year. You know, yeah. two two monsters that didn't even make the the opening day roster. Tyrell Williams had a good year two years ago with the Raiders. He could take the roof roof off the defense. Uh, he's made his money. He got four year forty four with them. I was twenty plus guaranteed. Obviously, they cut him, um, but he was he missed all of last year with an injury. Now I see him as a Christian Kirk who's five inches taller. He can he can definitely take the roof the top off a of defense. He's proven it. That's why he's made money. Started with the Chargers. He was one of Philip Rivers' uh, favorite deep threats. And it's just a guy that adds stability. He's had injury concerns throughout the extent of his career, but he could be a low-risk, potentially high-reward guy as a wide receiver three, depending on what else they do in free agency and in the draft. That could be nice compliments to DeAndre Hopkins and his route-running ability that really doesn't have a whole lot of deep threat in him, even though they take shots down the field with, with D-Hop from time to time. Just it, it's a guy that you could bring in two year, 10 mil, seven mil guaranteed, and just see if it works. He's he's fast, he's got good hands, and he's tall. You know, he's a big outside wide receiver. Yeah, I just the, the thing that concerns me about any of these guys, especially these veterans that are years removed from really being a factor on each and every down in an NFL game, what concerns me is that the organization, and they've shown that they will go this route where they'll try to be like, well, they haven't been productive recently, but we think we can kind of wring this uh, washcloth out. Just to, whatever they have left, we think we can get it, and it's been a, it's been it's fallen by the wayside. Sure. If if that's it, better not be their solution to the weapon opposite DeAndre Hopkins. That's that's all I'll say. Like, if they add Terrell Williams in a as maybe their third, fourth, fifth option, potentially. Like, he's going to vie for a roster spot in training camp? Sure. But it, he better not be their solution. Like, well, we signed Terrell Williams, and we're pretty excited about him playing opposite DeAndre Hopkins. Like, that, no. That that can't be their option, you know, outside of Nook. It, it can't. It has to be better than that. It has to either be younger, or it has to be one of the more bona fide, you know, stud-wide receivers that's going to be on the open market. And I don't, I, I would I would bet... I don't know. I'm I'm kind of scared to think of what the organization would lean towards, and I just hope it's not Tyrell Williams. I just don't. I, I don't because it's not going to get. The, it's just going to be the same results as last season. Like he doesn't make you that much better because you said you like having two Christian Kirks is the same as having one. Right, but I mean, it's the how I'm thinking of it is if he's a bonus, cool, sure. Like if they if they can bring in Joe Tooney. And they could bring in another corner, and you could bring in Tyrell Williams as the one wide receiver that you bring in in the offseason with the idea to draft a wide receiver at 16. There's a lot of different choose your own adventures ways they can do this. It doesn't have to be a wide receiver in free agency that's a high impact guy. It doesn't have to be if your goal is to draft one or two wide receivers in the draft. You know, and I, I'm not saying that's necessarily the best route because we don't know what the best route is. A lot of this is. The, is going to be predicated upon who they can lure in free agency. If they can get Joe Tooney to show up the inside of the offensive line, if they can get a corner, I'm not saying A.J. Bouye, but they're going to be guys that have peaked a couple years ago 
that in the Drake Kirkpatrick realm, that if you can bring in one or two of those on cheaper deals, then you can focus on wide receiver in the draft. Because it is a deep wide receiver draft, especially up top. You know, so I mean it's it's just it's just something else to think about. If it's a bonus that where you sign Terry Williams, cool, but you're right. If it's the focal point of the offseason, what the hell are you doing here? Right. Lockdown Cardinals, part of your Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Alex and I have talked about the priorities of this organization going into the offseason. We're going to get Josh Weinfuss' thoughts on that, as well as uh, kind of talk about uh, what's transpired this week. The president, uh, the Cardinals uh, chairman, Michael Bidwell, sent out a video. It was. I just want to get Josh's thoughts on it real quick. We haven't talked Yo. about it on this podcast. Uh, but first, let me tell you that this podcast is brought to you by the best tasting protein bar of all time that is built bar and it's even more deliciouser than before perhaps their best yard bar yet you should have all we've we all got a box of this delicious cookie dough chunk built bar and their coconut brownie chunk and they've they've done it again those rascals have done it again dark chocolate coconut real brownie chunks it doesn't get any better than this. It's an it tastes like a candy bar, but it's a protein bar. It's as healthy as it is delicious. It's got 150 cal- calories. That's it. 15 grams of muscle packing protein and seven grams of sugar. That's all. It's a limited time flavors. There's a couple of them. So now we've got 20 built bar flavors in rotation right now. Get it today because it's going to be gone tomorrow. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, one word, and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's just by going to BuiltBar.com, using the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off. Listen, before we come back, like I, orange was my favorite. <laughs> We've talked about this. And now I don't even like coconut, and I'm having a love affair with, with, the, new, with, with the new flavor. Yeah, that's disturbing. You you almost ruined it by <laughs> saying love affair, but yeah, it's uh, it is it's fantastic. I can't get enough of it, and um, I I have a tough time just limiting myself to one, but uh, it's it's my it's my little treat. It's my little it's my little delicious treat. It's built bar, locked on Cardinals part of your locked on podcast network. You see, if you're watching us on Streamyard, you see our Twitter accounts at Bob Rack at Clancy's Corner, and of course at Locked on AZ Cards streaming live. We're going to be joined here by Josh Weinfuss. We just discussed the potential of adding a guy like uh, J.J. Watt, Tyrell Williams. One of our uh, Facebook followers, Alex, had brought up a guy in um, Todd Gurley, a running back who, of course, starred for the L.A. Rams, dealt with some knee issues that happened during their Super Bowl run. And the next thing you know, he's he's out and he's in Atlanta Rushes for under a thousand yards, nine touchdowns last year. I if if I've got the choice between bringing back Kenyon Drake and Todd Gurley, I actually probably think you bring back Drake. Todd Gurley is an interesting guy. It's Davis Holcomb who who's reached out to us a couple times about Todd Gurley. Uh, you know, there's still some allure to me about Todd Gurley because the price point has dropped precipitously, you know, over the last 3 years obviously when he got all that money and guarantees with the Raiders and uh, the Rams and then got cut. Um I've seen enough from Todd Gurley last year. It would have to be the same kind of thing. 2 year 10 mil, 7 mil guaranteed. I don't know if somebody's if he's going to want to get paid one more time and go somewhere else and it doesn't matter where he goes. He's a kid still. And we're not talking about a 30 31 year old running back. The dude's got obviously obvious injury concerns. You're not going to have him touch the ball 25 times a game, but you can also have him be the lead back. 
And I listen between him and Kenyon Drake, I would take Todd Gurley. I just know what Todd Gurley can do at his best, and what he can do at his best is better than what Kenyon Drake can do at his best. I just and again, all yeah. of this comes to price point. If he wants to come here for two year and ten mil, and you're giving him seven and a half guaranteed over two years, I think that's a no brainer that you do it. But again, obviously the Cardinals only have twenty five million in salary cap money, depending on exactly where the salary cap lands. So it's all going to be dependent upon that. But I mean, I think there are worse options at running back than Kenyon Drake. And if you want, era, then Todd Gurley. And if you want to draft one, fine. You draft one instead, and you don't sign Todd Gurley. Yeah, Gurley's not a rotational type guy. He's not, and right. I, and I just don't think that that's the smart smart business move to go out and get a guy whose best years are behind him. Like the Todd Gurley that we think about, that's not him anymore. He couldn't even he couldn't crack a thousand yards last season. The last time he cracked a thousand was 2018, and uh, we have to have a reminder that 2018 wasn't last year anymore. I mean, I have I struggle with that. <laughs> like, wait, it's it was a couple seasons ago. It's been a while, and uh, to deal with the knee issue that he has um, is I, I just don't think that um, he's he's worthy of just even giving playing time. Let's bring on our guy Josh Weinfuss, ESPN.com. Look at us, man. Look at us just do the streaming video thing. This is unbelievable. Josh, what's up, man? What's happening, guys? Thanks for what jo- up? What's, thanks for joining us. Give him a follow on Twitter at Josh Weinfuss. Read his work, ESPN.com. Dude, I love all the content you guys at ESPN churn out in the offseason. Are you at, like this week they asked you to predict a bold move from the organization this this year? What were some yours was Patrick Peterson leaving the organization. Were there any other ones that you thought about? Um, well, that's a good question. Bold moves. I'm trying to think. Not really. I think that was really the only one. Um, mainly because there really wasn't anybody else. I mean, Hassan Reddick letting him walk was was I considered that for a hot second, but in reality, like I don't know. That's not really a bold move. Right. Um, let me think. I, maybe I could have gone with not bringing back Patch, or Larry Fitzgerald, but that would have been a bold move, but I think that's more something he would have decided than the team. But, um, no, I thought this was the, my best choice just because, um, obviously, we saw the you know, the reports. We have no idea if they're true or not. We don't know. Um, we don't know if they're true or not. Like, we don't know. You know, I, I don't know what's going to happen with that, but um, – I think it makes sense that they let him that they let him walk. Yeah, and so let's we talked in the first segment about you know JJ Watt. Obviously, what are the chances? Probably slim to none that that he would land in an Arizona Cardinals uniform. Tyrell Williams was released by the Raiders, who could potentially bolster the wide receiver room with a lower price point than some of the guys that are going to be free agents. Um, is there anybody like did Tyrell Peaker interest at all to be an upgrade from Christian Kirk if if the price was right? If the price is right. Like, but is he got enough talent to where it'd be like, yeah, if we can get him for like four, five, six million dollars a year on a two-year deal, that might be something that that, that could benefit the uh, wide receiver room. I don't know if it's worth it. I think I think what they really need to do is is to draft. I think that's kind of the number one thing. You need to go maybe use your first round pick on a top wide receiver, maybe find one in free agency. But I, I think I think the draft is the way to go. Maybe use your first. Um, I gotta look at at, at, all, at all their draft picks, but um, for sure, I think that thing that depending on how the first fifteen picks um, 
flush out. I think that they need to seriously consider drafting a guy who can be their their, their wide receiver too for the foreseeable future. It, it really does get intriguing when when you start to add whether it's a Jalen Waddle or even the tight end Kyle Pitts who. Two guys that you could probably debate that they'll even be there, but if you put them on the Cardinals roster, and there are a lot of people that say, "No, you've got to go, you got to go DB, you've got to go offensive line," and you don't look at these these shiny objects. I think if you do put them in the same lineup, you'll kind of change your view. Like you have Nook Hopkins, you've got Kyler Murray, and then you've got this this option that could impact year one something we haven't seen outside of Kyler Murray during the Steve Kime era. Yeah, I don't know. If- Tight end is the way to go in the first round. I, okay. I, I, he's good. He's really good. I just don't know. That broke my if heart. You want? <laughs> if, I, I just don't know if you want to waste a, a draft pick on, or I guess I should say, spend a draft pick on a tight end simply because there are so many other pressing needs this, this team needs. Um, that especially for this offense, you need to give Kyler a, a true wide second wide receiver option and that's not going to be a tight end right so if you're going to if you're going to use a 16th pick on somebody you need to make that someone who's going to have an instant impact uh an every down impact on this offense and to me that's a wide receiver okay and we we've talked a lot about and it's interesting how everybody has like both things it's db i think it's offensive line you think it's wide receiver i mean it's interesting and obviously it's going to be predicated upon what they can do in free agency but if you so you say you're steve kime and free agency starts tomorrow the Cardinals, in my opinion, don't have a real strength in a room. Offensive line, they have a good piece or two. Obviously, DeAndre Hopkins is great, but the rest of the wide receiving core is not great. I would say the safeties are probably the strongest set of players in the Cardinals roster. Would you go after and find a strength, like sign Joe Tooney and draft an offensive lineman? Uh, sign a corner and draft a corner at 16? Or are you trying to spread talent around and worry about depth later by adding pieces before the season starts? I think it depends on the position. I think the cornerback situation is intriguing because if you let Pat P walk, do you, do you wait? I mean, my issue with the cornerback room is you have Robert Alford who has not played it down for this team in two years, right? He's on a three-year deal. So he's ending into his, his last season, never having suited up for this team coming off of two major injuries. Do you just cut ties with him? It's a $1.5 million cap hit or or dead money hit. If you let him go, that's doable. And then do we do what Clancy says and go sign or do we, do they go and sign a cornerback in free agency and then draft a guy? So you have both your corners because then you're down two. Drake Kirkpatrick is a free agent. He's up there in age two. So, you know, I think if there's one position you do that at, it's, 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 it's at cornerback. I don't think offensive line, you have to do that because to me, I don't think the offensive line is as bad as people think it is, right? I think that for what this offense needs them to do, they've been just fine, right? Kyler's figuring out how to make, how not to get sacked. They're figuring out how to play with Kyler. Um, I don't think we can put a lot of the run game issues on them. I think we have to put that on the actual running backs because for a while there, Kenyon Drake just disappeared right in the middle of the season. There was like a six, seven game stretch where we're like, where did he go? And you can't put that on the offensive line. Um, Sure, could they use an upgrade here and there? Absolutely. Um, but I, I think overall, I think to me, that's not one of their top needs. I think wide receiver, cornerback, I think you need to look at running back, you know, because I think that I don't think Kenyon Drake is the type of guy that's going to take you deep in the playoffs. I just don't. Um, and, and maybe that's the offense. Maybe that's him. I think we, you know, maybe it's still yet to be seen, but coming off of what an $8.3 million season, I just don't know if 
the, if he's going to if he's going to want that type of money, he's not worth that type of money, right? right. He's he's not a Zeke Elliott. He's not going to be the, the he's not going to carry an offense like Zeke does. Zeke is worth eight million dollars. I mean, the top two played paid running backs this past season: number one, David Johnson; number two, Kenyon Drake. Like, wow. it just it just doesn't make sense. So, um, I think that they need to go find themselves a number one running back because I doubt he's going to want to take a huge pay cut. Um, so those are, are my needs, but I think if you want to go free agency draft, same position, I think it's cornerback, maybe wide receiver. If you can get the, the right wide receiver in free agency and the right guys there in the, in the draft. But, um, that, that's probably the only position that I would really heavily consider. And that's cornerback. Interesting. Yeah. Don't you see that, uh, the positions of need that they have wide receiver DB are actually ones that. Are, are pretty available on the open market. Some talented players at both corner and wide receiver are going to be available. Now, what kind of contracts they're going to demand and what the Cardinals cap space is going to look like, uh, that remains to be seen. Uh, and then in the in the draft, I think I think it's a, a spot that they can definitely upgrade if Steve Kime plays his cards right. Oh, 100%. This is probably one of the deepest receiving drafts we've seen in a long time. Yeah. So if they miss out, that's not one person. Right, it's on the it's on the person who's in charge of the draft. So, this is Steve Kine's opportunity to fix the issues with the offense. He just needs to do it. And if he doesn't, I mean, we've all seen Michael Biddle's probably not going to fire anyway. But there probably needs to be some sort of change in leadership at some point with this team. I mean, look at all the receivers on you know who are going to be free agents this year: AJ Green, T.Y. Hilton, Sammy Watkins, Marvin Jones. Um, Cordero Peterson or Patterson, Danny Amendola. Like, there's a lot of guys that could be really good twos for this team. Um, so maybe we we pull the Clancy. We go get or they go get one of those guys in free agency, then go draft the guy. But um, if they if they don't if they don't pull the trigger on, on a free on a I'm sorry on a wide receiver in the draft. That's on one man and one man only. That's Steve Kine. Yeah, it's interesting. And and we talk a lot about this, that the most polarizing positions are cornerback and wide receiver, which what would translate to the NFL. We've seen a lot of wide receiver busts. We've seen a lot of Eli Apples and Morris Claiborne's that are drafted high in drafts and really don't pan out at the NFL level. This is what Steve Kime needs to do, but it's his biggest weakness is freaking talent evaluation. So, I mean, like when you're looking at – like we try not to talk about it a lot because – it's a murderer's row compared to what happened last year with quarterback and wide receiver ones. The Cardinals maybe saw three bona fide wide receiver ones last year. Stephon Diggs, uh, and then Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf twice. George Kittle, but he was hurt uh, for the majority of the season. This year, it's Stafford Woods, Rodgers Adams, Cousin Steelen slash Jefferson, Prescott Cooper, you know, Trevor Lawrence, DJ Chark, maybe, but it's like, <laughs> It's a murderer's row, and if they don't shore up the cornerback room, this is going to be a brutal, potentially five or six win season. Yes, and the problem with that is all the blame is going to publicly come down on Vance Joseph very unfairly, right? I mean, he's not going out there signing players. You know, just like two years ago, you know, 19, everyone put the blame on him when he lost two starting defensive linemen in training camp and Steve Kime did not replace him. You know, like, there's only so much you could do. And honestly, he got kind of lucky last year that Hassan Raddick had such a great season, sure. right? I mean, there's only so much a coach can do, but they're also the first ones to get blamed, which is unfortunate, I think, to to some degree. Um, but, you know, in, in this situation, I think that, you know, if they don't shore up the cornerback position, he's going to get blamed unfairly. But you're right. This is 
maybe after looking at that at that at that schedule, maybe cornerback should be you know one A to or one one A to, to to wide receiver. Josh Weinfuss, ESPN.com. He's joining us here on the Locked On Cardinals podcast. Bo Brock, Alex Clancy. Let's get into the conversation. How the organization is reacting to its former coach and several organization members winning a Super Bowl title in Tampa Bay. We'll get into that conversation. Let me tell you first that this podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.ag, the fastest, easiest way to bet on all the sports action. Football, it might be over. It's in the rearview mirror, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. You can bet on basically anything you can think of. Real-time updated odds and props on almost everything and anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets and free to sign up. Head over to the website right now, right now betonline.ag, on your mobile device, and sign up today to receive a 50% welcome bonus. You put in 100 get 50 bucks for free to play around with. BetOnline.ag. You got to use that promo code locked on one word to get that welcome bonus. It's your online sportsbook experts. Now it's been a quiet off season, Josh. Josh Weinfuss, ESPN.com. Uh, I guess some of the news from this week from the Arizona Cardinals was Michael Bidwell's video. It kind of looked like a hostage update. I don't know. He didn't really tell us anything that we didn't know. He was just like. They're uh, taking good care of us. They're feeding us. Like there was nothing profound out of this video. It was everything we knew, we witnessed. I don't know. I almost felt like he wait. He was just trying to I don't know, justify whoever's getting paid and making videos in the Cardinals organization. Like, hey, let's uh, make a video and tell everybody that the sky is blue. I what <laughs> did you get anything from that thing? No, I mean it was an update on what they're trying to do this off season. Um, right. It was it was funny. So I tweeted out that the timing was interesting. You know, having I think it was out what Monday or Tuesday, uh, and people are like, oh, it came out to the um, it was sent to the season ticket holders on Friday, and I, and I really wanted to. I didn't feel like getting into a Twitter fight with anybody, but I really wanted to be like, that doesn't make it any better. Like they're trying to preempt Bruce Arians in the Super Bowl with this, and then when. He went. And they were going to release it Monday or Tuesday, whatever it was, win or loss, right? That's that, that, that's I, that's my opinion, and I'm sure it's pretty accurate. But so it was either going to be if they won, which he did, it was guys, it's okay, what we're doing here, it's going to get better. Or if he lost, it would have been see, everything's just fine here. So either way, the Cardinals were trying to basically what show up Bruce Arians to some degree, you know, and and. They had a congratulatory tweet. Like, it was just, uh, to me, it was a little ridiculous. Like, like, yes, he retired, partially because he needed to get his health right. Um, but there's a lot of other reasons why he retired that will probably come out at one at some point in the, name, in the future. But, like, in reality, he should still be the head coach here, right? He still should have been the guy on the sidelines for the Arizona Cardinals. Um, but that was Michael Bidwell trying to say, guys, everything's fine. Like, I know you guys are all pissed off that you, our former head coach is now winning Super Bowls with another team when it could have been in here, but everything's going to be just fine. Everything's rosy. It's all cupcakes and unicorns and rainbows here. And we're going to get the right pieces. Rah, rah, rah. Like, that's exactly what that was to me. You know, and I don't know. I just, I thought it was weird. I didn't know the Cowboys put one out too, but. 
And we're like, oh, this is, that's what they do this time of year. They haven't played in a month. Like, why wasn't that out the second week of this, the offseason, like, or during the divisional round? Like, the timing was very weird to me. Or wait until the glow of the Super Bowl wears off, which in this new cycle took 48 hours, until hour after the parade, and put it out after the parade. Like, it was weird that it came out so quickly after their former head coach, who essentially broke up with this team, went and found the prettier girl and got married to her and, you know, inherited – a zillion dollars from her father-in-law <laughs> or from her father. Like it was just weird timing, man. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, a thirst trap. In, is, is that what they call it? Instagram post of, Hey, I'm doing fine without you. <laughs> okay. You know? Um, so Josh quickly, cause we, we talk about this a little bit here and there. The career arc of Eric B is eerily similar to Bruce Arians where, you know, he probably could have got a head coaching job. It not as not as extended, obviously not, as long tenured as BA and with all the, with all the quarterbacks that he was associated with is Eric B enemy a target here. If Cliff Kingsbury doesn't work out, like say they win seven games, they miss the playoffs. Is Eric B enemy and are Eric B enemy and Brian Dable, the, the top two that the Cardinals are going to go after, or is there somebody else that you're just seeing that nobody else is talking about? If I'm, if I'm Michael Biddle, those are my first two calls. Okay. So you're going to do offense no matter what. You would not. You would not think about uh, bringing in a defensive-minded head coach, unless it's Todd Bowles, which he probably won't ever come back here. Yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, if Kyler Murray's your quarterback and DeAndre Hopkins your wide receiver, yes, hundred percent. Why offense, 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 and maybe maybe they call the plays, maybe they don't. Like you know, but you need to have someone who is so offensive-minded that you know that they can get this offense to the next level and you know obviously they, that's what they wanted with cliff kingsbury they wanted the next sean mcbay well now we know there's never going to be a net you know another sean mcbay or at least not for a while and cliff kingsbury certainly is not him um you know it's so interesting i've heard from a lot of people around the league that you know eric Bieniemy doesn't interview well hmm. well do, wh- wh- why should that matter you know like that okay. that should what's that he coach well I mean, obviously he coaches pretty dang well but like it, like this whole idea that you know some people aren't good test takers some people aren't good public speakers but they still are able to do their jobs just fine right and so to me the whole idea that he doesn't interview well is it's an excuse for owners not to hire him right? or it's an easy out to you know when when he interviews for a team they don't bring him on and everyone's like oh what's going on oh he didn't interview well blah 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 to me, it's bogus. It's it's garbage. Um, but if I'm the Cardinals, I bring him here. I bring him here, and I bring Brian Dayball in, and I say, hey, it's between you two. Impress us. Because you're going to have one of the best young quarterbacks in the league if he's not traded. Even if he is traded, you're going to have – you might have another great young quarterback in the league. Um and they should say, "Hey, this is this is your team. Go win us a Super Bowl." And it should be those it should be those two guys and no one else, in my opinion. Josh Weinfuss, ESPN.com. Give him a follow on Twitter at Josh Weinfuss at Clancy's Corner. Follow Alex. More of the we don't really have questions. We've got statements on <laughs> on the chat. One is the interior O line is terrible, and uh, the other one is uh, we're never winning a Super Bowl until Michael Bidwell sells franchise and Steve Keim is gone. Uh, so those those aren't really questions. Uh, we were kind of asking a lo- asked a loaded question, Alex and I were earlier this week, and I just wanted your thoughts before we get out of here. You know what it would take. You know, obviously the Tampa Bay Buccaneers seven and nine in twenty nineteen and twenty twenty they they win eleven games, they win the Super Bowl. What would it take for the Arizona Cardinals to make that type of jump? And Tom Brady is not available. I know that, so he <laughs> he's not the option. 
I think you need to get Chandler Jones back. And I think you need to get another wide receiver and maybe one more playmaker who, when DeAndre Hopkins is double or triple covered, you can go to this person or these people and make plays. But the overall thing that needs to change is consistency. You can't have three-game losing streaks. You can't win games. You know, you you, you can't count. I mean, you can't you, you can't win games by hail marys. But obviously that happens. But like the whole idea that they you know won lost four out of five and almost lost five in a row this year. Like you can't have that. And here's the thing: if they start five and two next year, and they can put all that together. They, this team has the talent to make a run. Um, but if that doesn't happen, then, you know, if, if we see another 8-8 eight and eight season and we, we, ex, we see another tailspin like they had this year, Cliff Kingsbury needs to go. Like, I think for the this team needs to move on from him and go get someone who makes sure that that doesn't happen. And I think another key component to them making a run and possibly a Super Bowl is being way more disciplined than they were this season. I think if you can get those things to 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 come together, put it in a pot, stir it up, this team can make make a run. They really can. I think that Kyler Murray could do it. And I think DeAndre Hopkins is the type of receiver that could get this team there, but he but they both need help. Locked on Cardinals, part of your Locked On Podcast Network. It'd be interesting to see, and this is maybe another conversation for a later date is what head coach really made the jump in his third season? Because I feel like head coaches really make their impact early on. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, maybe, right? Kyle Shanahan, but he didn't have the luxury of a starting caliber quarterback until really year three. I'm just looking at the NFL standings. There, there aren't a lot of guys that it, it they just kind of made incremental ste- took incremental steps forward. I don't know. It's it's interesting. Uh, we'll have to. I do- mean, I, Kyle Shanahan might be your best example. Yeah. Year three goes to the Super Bowl. I mean, yeah, they did have all those issues, injuries, and whatnot, but they also built that team through the draft, and they everything kind of came together in nineteen for him. And yes. could we be looking at that with the Cardinals? Yeah, I don't know if there's if there's anybody right now currently hired by an organization that uh, that really made the jump after a couple seasons. So we'll see what Cliff Kingsbury, you know, if, if what his the temperature of his seat is the remainder of the offseason, what the team does this offseason. We're going to talk to Josh uh, a bunch between now and then. Josh, uh, thanks for joining us, us, man. And we always love talking to you. Thanks, yeah, thanks for having me, guys. All right, that's going to do it for us here on this Friday edition of the podcast. Uh, we've got the uh, big roundtable coming up later. We're going to talk yeah. to Blake and Johnny of uh, Revenge of the Birds. Uh, that's going to be going down right around 2 o'clock Arizona time, 1 o'clock Pacific, 4 o'clock Eastern. Got all his time zones. There she uh, is. Oh, man. Thank you for everybody that commented on today's episode and chimed in on Twitter. We're always taking and talking on the uh, on Twitter. So hit us up at LockdownAZ Cards, at Clancy's Corner, and at Bob Rackett, of course, at Josh Weinfuss. Eat your built bars and betonline.ag, place your wagers. We'll talk to you guys actually later this afternoon and then on another podcast on Monday.